Black Out Loud Media Group. Say the title of the poem and then jump right into it. What's up? It's Mr. Enlightenment, the Kilowatt Poet. I want to share a little poetry with y'all. This poem is called Let There Be Light. I remember my mom used to call me home before the street lights came on. Now I feel at home on stage when the lights are on. Senior year undergrad, that's when the light came on. Time to illuminate. I write like I'm afraid of the dark. My pen is a light bulb, a match waiting for that spark. When I start to shine, I don't plan on flickering. My brain is a generator, ready to kick in like an NFL punter. Try to take my shine, I got enough radiance to go around. I'll even pass it out like free samples. Like the first attempts of Neanderthals trying to create fire, you probably fizz out before you replicate me. When someone closes the gap, it's time to increase the voltage, become more ultraviolet. For every sunrise is a sunset, but not if I can help it. Prepare for my summer solstice. Let there be light. Lights out. Welcome back to another episode of the Brown Sugar Cafe podcast, the place where poetry meets conversation. I'm your host, Terrence P. Elmore. And before we get into today's topic, make sure you hit that plus sign so you don't miss an episode. Also, please subscribe to my blog, thebrownsugarcafe.blog. And if you find any value in this episode or any other episodes, make sure you leave a heartfelt review. So with that being said, let's get to it. me on brown sugar cafe of course of course man you know i had to get you on here man what's been going on it's been a minute man just promo game um just going hard with it i got this book i just came out with called flicker poetry yeah and it's called uh you said flipper poetry flicker like flicker, flicker? Light. of course well, how did i not know that <laughs> yeah, so if you've been um seeing my post on social media it all kind of developed into a style of mine, you know, micro poetry. You know about it because you post a lot to the to the different blogs and different pages. Yeah. I kind of fell into the genre, basically, just wanting to post short stuff when uh, Twitter was a thing and you had to have oh, 140 yeah. characters. So I was like, how can I post something? Yeah, I don't want you to go have to click on the poem and read a little bit more. I'm going to just try to stick it right there on your news feed and try to pack as much into that little space as possible. So I experiment with the haikus and other kind of types of poetry, but it kind of felt, well, it was cool, but a haiku wasn't really my thing. Okay. So I just, there's no real like method to it. Like I try to three or four lines, maybe five, just kind of short poems that fit a certain topic. And I just try to say a lot in a small amount of words. Matter of fact, Twitter is how we connected. I, yeah, I just I remember that. I remember like following people and just like, oh, that was you. Like, so later on, I realized like, oh, the face behind the behind the handle. Yeah, because the first time that we actually met, my wife thought that I had already met you in person. And I was like, no, nah, this is my actually my first time meeting him. And she was like, wow, y'all talk like y'all were old friends. I, I could have never imagined that y'all just met for the first time. I was like, yeah, it just be like that. When you connect with poets or somebody who shares a passion of you, um, when you finally do get to meet in person, it's like meeting up with an old friend. 
Yeah, for sure. Especially because I talk to a lot of people. Just it's all it's almost like the comfort level and not seeing someone you can no preconceived notions is just we just connecting on something that we both enjoy. Yeah. Just getting some laughs. Sometimes it's just some laughs on. Yeah. Retweeting this or retweeting that and just spark a conversation. Let's go back to where you said you started doing short poems because of Twitter. That's something I never knew. I just thought maybe that was a style, but I remember when they had a short amount of characters. So how did you go from that? And do you, I don't think you still tweet, but um, every now and then. then, Okay. I I actually go over there and just like see what everybody else talking about. Uh I'll just like, just, just, it's basically for, for laughs, man. I'll see somebody talking about. So Twitter never died, man. Twitter is like, no, almost keep coming back. Yeah, celebrities on there doing stuff, and the, the former uh, president was on there tweeting. <laughs> it was like that still was a thing, even though Instagram was kind of the more popular thing. But right, Twitter was still around. People would still tweet. I know I watch Sports Center a lot, ESPN. So a lot of those sports casters would still tweet, and they were oh, yeah. there on on their show. So I just kind of I keep you know every now and then I post something, but it doesn't get the kind of interaction that i used to get when i was on there all the time oh yeah but yeah i still enjoy it yeah because back in the day it was it was a lot going on man a lot of people were on there and it was shoot even recently before uh elon took over it was a fun place i mean you find out information fast you can connect with people i found this a really good place to connect with uh, other podcasters and bloggers the podcast community is, has really grown over there so it's a good spot for podcasters and the poetry scene is still kind of cool but um it's not nothing like it was when we connected it's, it's a little different now yeah i remember going on there and just follow the hashtag i'll just follow the hashtag right see what i can find that's where hashtags came from was twitter yeah. most people don't understand that they were using the hashtags on everything else and you know they weren't um what do you call it hyperlinking and turning blue yeah, yeah. and then you know facebook kind of developed that but i'm like hashtags on twitter had actual purpose like you follow hashtags you look at hashtags and you can see what the conversation is about yeah so like you said man i interact with some people i think uh when i first started doing like i got some books that i put together just kind of independent you know, no barcode or nothing. It's more like a pamphlet almost. This oh, one, like a chat book, yeah. Yeah, like this one guy got me into it and I kind of took, you know, the, the information he gave me and then I just happened to be talking to my mom one day. She's like, yeah, you know, I can kind of help you with that too. So I started getting her to do it. So I put together like three, you could say chat books, but I wasn't going through a company or nothing. It was just me. Right. And I was just word of mouth, selling it like that kind of transformed from that and I went into CDs and I started posting yeah you know starting to record it because I kind of gave more life to the words to me just because when I was out at open mics I would see you know a lot of the especially the poets that would be traveling and they would be more veteran poets they would always have a CD with them I was like you know I got a CD for sale so that's what kind of got me in the thing I want to think about recording and then when I got in the you know makeshift booth, like going to a friend's house, record, and it was fun. And then, and when you listen to it back when it's recorded, 
I was like, it was almost like a new poem, like a new poem on me. Yeah, because you have some stuff on, um, I know on Spotify for sure, but is it on all streaming yeah, platforms? Yeah, all, all platforms, man. Pandora is kind of tough to get on, but Tidal, Apple Music, Amazon, like, I'm on all of that stuff. For those of you who don't know, he's not only a poet, he's a spoken word artist. How did you get into spoken word and what has that experience been like for you? So I started off just, you know, I had a, I, I think we know, yeah, well, I think you know him too, um, Serious Six. Yeah, so I, yeah, I went to high school with him, yeah. Just following him on social media and he was throwing poetry events and, you know, we, you know when you start uh, posting poems and he'll comment on mine, I'll comment on one of his. And he's like, hey, you should come out and do something. So I, that was around 2010. So yeah. I came out and did my, my first open mic show was with him. And I remember wow. going out, just being nervous and having a paper with me. And then I kind of graduated and started to uh, take it in, kind of soak it all up. And I just noticed how poets without paper were able to just kind of put more into it. I feel like it was a better delivery. I was... Uh, able to connect with the audience because you know i'm not the best when it comes to looking down looking up and just it felt it's just not as smooth to me so right right i kind of vowed to always have one or two poems now i, I do go out if i it depends on what the environment is if i'm in a poetry reading everybody else got a book or, yeah uh something like that i'm gonna you know, I, I got i'll read too so let's say i do a poetry reading i would do like like half reading and then half spoken word but i always said like i had uh memorized one or two poems just to be ready so if i go to an open mic i want to do at least one or two that i memorized because i felt like the the flow of it the way i'm able to look at the audience it just it just makes it uh and i heard from two people people close to me you know they kind of recommended that too it's like, yeah, you should memorize yours because, you know, they want, because it's kind of hard. Like, I'm still not great. You know, the more you do it, the better you are. But, right. you know, when you look up and then you got to look back down and you got to make sure you're on the same line, like, uh, it is hard for me to look up and down. Because when you get into the poem, I usually get, you know, bad part about it. Like you get two in the poem. Yeah. That's up. a good part. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, hey, and you do, it worked out in your favor, though, because, the way you deliver, and especially, you know, from memory, man, it works for you. So, hey, man, it's tough, man. That was so hard. Like to this to this day, right here, like I have kind of like I got my group of poems that I memorized. You know, some of them get a little rusty when you don't do them for a while. Right. But when I got to tackle a new poem, it's, it's a tedious process. But when you get it, uh, it's nothing like it to me. Yeah, man, and speaking of um, Series 6, I really hate that I didn't know that was him because I remember being invited to Serious Sundays and I was like, nah, I'm doing something else. And looking back now, I wish I had joined and at least went because I would have saw that a bunch of people that I knew were there. And I'm hearing stories like this. As a matter of fact, now that we're talking, I think that he was the one that told me to hit you up on Twitter. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, and I'm just like, man, I missed this whole scene of stuff that was going on, and 
everybody that I talked to talk about it says it was a lot of fun. And I was like, man, Tony, I didn't know this was, was you the whole time. I think the la when I found out it was him, the last show was coming up and I was nowhere near. So I couldn't even go to that. So, man. So just imagine if I, well, I don't know. I guess just imagine if I had started then, but started, you know, the whole spoken word journey, journey thing. Cause it's still kind of weird for me. Like I'll do it, but it's it's just like, I don't know. I mean, everybody got their thing, man. Cause there's a whole group of poets that just read. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Paper <laughs> That's me. Spoken word. So, hey, whatever you do, whatever you do, you master that. Yeah. People are good at reading, and you got the like the people that are good public speakers. When you're writing your speeches and all, yeah, they look down, they able to look up and kind of. I think the trick of it is, you know it, you know it well enough that you're able to look up and still keep your place. Like that's the right. For me looking up and then coming back down to the paper. That was always the hardest part for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I um. When I used to present papers and stuff in college, I had to do like that. So that part's cool. That part's easy for me. I guess for me, the whole spoken word thing is like I see, like I said, spoken word artists expressing the words, how they, you know, supposed to be expressed, the emphasis. And it's like, pam, pam, boom. And I remember, matter of fact, we were talking, you and I were talking about that. And you told me just what you said now. You was like, just remember one or two poems. That you could just anytime you know there's an open mic or something like that you could just go ahead and repeat those and yeah. i'm like man that's a good idea yeah i mean that works crowd like and i can i compare it to the the music artists you love because i start feeling like man like every time i go somewhere i do these poems and i remember how i used to go to serious sundays and other spots people are so familiar with the poem they want to hear it they would almost uh. like say the words with the poet but if that poet came to the to the event all the time, you got your signature signature piece, and they would almost say it with the poet. And I was like, all right, well, people don't people want to hear some new stuff, but they also love the ones that they they remember you for. It's just like your favorite artist. Like when LL Cool J do a do a concert, nobody's asking LL for his new stuff. No, we don't care about that. Stuff. So, <laughs> and that's a it's a gift and a curse too, because like. Hey, I got a new poem. You want to hear it? Nah, nah, I want to hear the other. I want to right. hear the old stuff you got. So, right. You know, you got to give them a little bit of little of the stuff they remember and then drop a new one in there too. But you know how it goes. When somebody talks to you and you say, like, yeah, I, I write poetry. Hey, can I hear one? Yeah, yeah. You know, I always going to ask you for it. So it's like, boom, I got one for you. So I know you're going to ask me as soon as I say it. Hey, can I hear something? So I always keep one ready. I and I just, I just go to my phone and just, <laughs> I just go to my phone and read, but, um, you know what I'm saying? Back the smartphone days is cool, but before yeah. my phone was smart. I yeah. Had you had to, unless you had a pad on you, you had to memorize. Yeah. Yeah. So now got the black, Drake got the Blackberry. Blair. So <laughs> right. Yeah. So now we got that. We got the notes. You got the note on your phone. So, Hey, and now it's crazy because. You, like you said, people used to have the notepad at the open mics. Now they have their phone on the mic. You see, like video, you see a video or pictures of an open mic uh, photography yep. person. They had a. You see the people on their own phone. So now we reading our phones, same kind of thing. You gotta be able to look up and then look down. 
but ain't nothing for nobody to pull out a phone and read off their read their poems from their phone these days. Yeah. Especially when um you got like a lot of poems in your notes or for me I have a blog, so I so I can pull something from there. I prefer if reading is just more comfortable for me to read from a notebook. Like, I'm just old school like that. I mean, the phone is cool, but it's like the effect feels a little different for me. So. Yeah, because I still, when I do go, you know, I do a little writing sessions and stuff. Some people bring an iPad. Some people bring a laptop. I still come up in there with a notebook. So yeah. I like, write, I like to write in a notebook. I still write in a notebook. Sometimes I jot stuff down on a Word document, but I, I don't, it's still, I haven't, gotten gotten away from writing on a notebook paper and having little poems little pieces of poems that i didn't finish let's talk about your your new book because you kind of slid that in there i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know you was working on it man congratulations yeah what man, was uh, putting working author round two so <laughs> that was always an idea like you said i got the chat books but they don't take you seriously. I didn't think. Yeah. I have to say, I got this book. I got this barcode on the back. So now I can go to the public library and be like, hey, I want to have my book in there. Yeah. So that's that's a little, that, that was that certification. Like I got some CDs and all, but when you want to go to the to the literary side of things, I got this official book, barcode is on Amazon. Now I can kind of do a little, I can go on some other, other areas with my with my poetry now you know so that kind of was like a certified stamp i wanted to get how was that process for you like how how did you feel now that it's done how did you feel going through it compared to when you did the chat books stuck so long just i had the idea and usually i think pandemic i kind of thought about like all right i want to do this right so all of the short poems that i was doing like i said i had them in a document and I would just cycle through. Oh, let me go to, you know, usually like I'll come home late at night, hanging out and I'll just jot some stuff down and I'll post on Twitter late night, just seeing what kind of reaction I get. And then the reaction I've been getting from Twitter and then Instagram, I know I went for like, all right, what, you know, you kind of, a year later, you can kind of see the impressions, you know, the reaction. Yeah. Like this poem, yeah, I remember this one. This was good. I got good reaction. So I kind of went through, picked out a few. So I ended up with 30. Like, These are 30 solid ones that I that I like and people give me good feedback on. And then I started seeing a lot of the shorter poems. You got some little sketches to go along with. So I reached out to some art teacher friend. You know, I work, I'm an elementary school teacher too. So I had art teacher friend. I said, hey, I got some poems. I want you to you know, do a little sketch for me. So I reached out to this person and I kind of said, I want a variety. So I don't want one, I didn't want one artist doing all the sketches. So I okay. I gave like uh, a fraction of them to one artist friend, a fraction to the other artist friend. And I was like, here, here's the poems. I want you to sketch something out for me because you know, the finished product 30, it's 30 poems with uh, each got a piece of artwork so it's not like the most in-depth drawing but the drawing represents the poem 
that's pretty good, man. I like how you didn't just use one person, you use multiple people. What was the inspiration behind this book like as far as I know you explained like where it came from, but what was like was there like a, a ultimate inspiration behind it? Like something that really just really pushed you to say now is the time and I'm I'm just going to do it. Well, it was a little different because, like I said, I already had the poems. I already wrote them. Mm -hmm. I already wrote the poem. So now just going through my, my portfolio yeah. and kind of giving people what I thought. Because everybody kind of like, I kind of became known for my short poems online. But then when, yeah. I go, when I go out and perform, I don't do the short poems. Of so course, yeah. Poems are kind of what I'm known for. It's a way to get... I want to get your attention while you're scrolling. You know, the short poem, you don't have to go to another page. You can get it all in a matter of seconds. You post short poems like that too. So you can literally, they can get that immediate, like, I get it right there and there. Yeah, that bam. Yeah, it hit me right there. Like, oh, you know, let me heart this. Let me favorite this. So that was cool. And just another way to present it. Because I had already done the poems and I saw, you know, just observing, you know, like, all right, this, this, that's pretty cool. Because I already saw some poets that do the same thing. I was like, man, like, when, who, I was always like in the DMs, like, hey, who did your artwork? Like, I want to know who did the artwork. Right. So I was like, that was interesting, like, curiosity on that. Like, who did your artwork? So I want to do something similar. So that was an inspiration to it. Just, being like you said the big community poetry community on instagram really got me into it yeah because when i post on instagram i'm also post like haikus I, I love haikus in general but i post like haikus um sin canes yeah yeah with, so um, like a little yeah elf chins you know family yeah yeah and um for me i like those because they have like a set of rules so it kind of forces me to come up with something within those guidelines. My favorite, you know, style of poetry would be freestyle. But when it comes to like short poems, I, I kind of do like a freestyle, maybe here and there. But for the most part, it's, it's going to be a haiku. My wife always laughs at me because she can tell when I'm writing one because she sees my hands counting out the syllables. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the cool part. Like, I feel like a haiku, but... When I started seeing, you know, like the way, cause it was kind of like you would have like a sentence and it was just a continuation. I was trying to, and I was like literally looking at some people that really did haiku, like the traditional way. Yeah. Like, cause like I see a lot of poets, they'll take us, they'll like take a couple lines and you just break them up. So that's kind of what it is. And then you break it up and then you start it or it's like an overlap. And he put a comma. So I was like, mm, that's kind of, it wasn't smooth for me when I would do a haiku. Right, okay. So I didn't want to say this is a haiku because I'm not following the rules exactly. I'm not counting syllables no more. But I got like four or five lines. And I just, by the end of the fourth or fifth line, I want to have my whole thought already delivered. Yeah, yeah. And, and you do a great job with that too. It's like when you get to that last line, it's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that, I mean, it worked out. Like, I got so many, you know, like poems that it, I look back a year later, two years later, because then you see the memories. Yeah. Like, mm, that one wasn't as good. I wish I would have done it differently. Or maybe I try to 
redo it after I read it again or look back at it. So it's definitely trial and error. Oh, yeah, man. It's always a learning process. I, I think if anybody does anything and you think that you've arrived or you made it, then you, you've already failed. Like, it's always so much more we can learn. And it's, I mean, especially when it comes to any type of writing, it's always different things you can learn. And, and it all comes with growth, too. We when we grow and we go through different experiences, we may not see things how we saw them when we wrote it four or five years ago compared to now. I mean, even with things that we might have saw negatively, we might see positively now and vice versa. So um, how do you balance being a teacher and a poet? And poetry definitely takes the back seat. So I try to use the summer as a poetry time. Okay. So if I do want to, you know, I had pre-pandemic, I was... I was like, all right, I'm about to start traveling. I'm about to right. move this summer to hit the open mic. Because open mics are on random nights of the week. Like, I can't yeah. go to Columbia on a Tuesday or on a Sunday. Like, it don't work. So I was just networking. I'm adding these poets. They're hosting other cities. I think I was in a Facebook group. I was like, all right, cool. Jacksonville, that's not too far. Atlanta is not too far. Charlotte's not too far. Columbia's right down the street. So, and just trying to like connect with enough poets in those different areas. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I see this open mic. It seems pretty cool. I'm going to take a trip. So I started. Oh, man. So you be doing it, doing it. Hey, pre pandemic, I was, that was the goal. I was yeah. Like, I would shoot down to Savannah. I already had an open mic that I had already kind of researched. Yeah. I already did it a couple of times. Um, Columbia, I had already researched it, knew a little bit went there so one summer i was real busy at the end of the summer i kind of posted like, these are the places i went i ended up doing poetry in orlando just because my friend had to go down there so now i'm almost in the i want to travel more anyway but right now i kind of killed why not kill two birds with one stone while i'm going to orlando let me look at the open mic spots while if i want to go to new york you know there's a couple open mic spots that i want to hit so when i go to a city if possible I want to check out the poetry then. Man, that... Man, you... I never thought about that. Yeah, why you there? To be honest, that makes sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. You already... All you got... You already there. You already there, man. Just look around. Put on Facebook. You know, ask the people. Hey, do I know any poets in this city? Is there any open mics in this city? You know, you hashtag it and somebody might chime in. Yeah. It's, it's time to take this poetry on the road. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Then, uh, if it's not too far, pack me a little bag with some merch in it. Yeah. Yeah, hit the road. That's what I was about to ask you next. So the merch. And that was one of the, the things when I finally did, when we connected. Like, I had seen your t-shirts before. What was the concept behind your logo? And how did you get into the merch game? So I was just sitting around with some friends and I think I seen, you know, poets with, with their own t-shirts. Yeah. And I wanted to have something like when I perform, I wanted to have a shirt to wear. So I decided to make some shirts. I gave them out to my close group of friends and people that used to come. When I first started doing open mics, I had a group of people that would just like come, you know, check me out, watch. 
So I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna give, I made like 20 t-shirts, gave it out to my friends. And then I started getting good feedback from it. And I was like, all right, let me make some more. And then I was like, oh, people, would you buy this? And then people was like, yeah. So and I started building from there. Yeah, because I think the first t-shirts I, I saw were, um, was it Thomas Edison is my homeboy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what was the, what was the concept behind that, man? It was always light-related, man. So, you know, Mr. Enlightenment is based on my poetry and my day job. Because, you know, when you are teaching someone, you're enlightening them, giving yeah. them information. And then when you get an idea, they call it a light bulb moment. So that's kind of where it came from. And then, even though I've been corrected over the last few years, historically we've been told Thomas Edison has been the light bulb. Yeah. So I was like, I'm already talking about all things light. Thomas Edison's my homeboy. He should be my homeboy. He invented the light bulb. So that's what we came with. And it was right at the time when those Jesus is my homeboy shirts was out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember those. Like a, like a <laughs> play on that. And then they had like T-Bow. I remember when T-Bow was big. Yeah. T-Bow was my homeboy. So that was like a popular phrase to use. So I went with Thomas Edison as my homeboy. Got it. Got it. So it's, it's, it's definitely a crazy. Merch is definitely crazy. But if you hit, you hit because people like it. And I started comparing my prices to, let's take the, the neighborhood brewery or the neighborhood bar and you start looking on that wall every bar or let's say food place let's say um swig and swan because i go there oh, right. yeah swig and swan swig and swan got merch so i like always when i'm always in a bar or restaurant i'm looking around like where's their merch at like where are they selling like how much are they selling this hat for how much are they selling this t-shirt for so i'm trying to keep it comparable with them because they'll pay somebody will pay something for a jim and nick shirt more likely than they'll pay for you so yeah yeah you find something catchy so you got to find something catchy that somebody would wear because you know usually you see nobody really want to wear your name like if i had to kill a poet on a shirt necessarily people wouldn't want to wear it so it's gotta have it's gotta have a catchy design right um, something cool little saying people love these little puns and all of that wearing puns and shirt so it's got to be something clever and people will buy it man okay and it helps to and i me and a friend of mine were talking about this too i didn't want the po i didn't want the shirts to be more popular than the poetry too that was a that was a that was a catch-22 because yeah people rocking these shirts and like what's the point of the shirt they don't even know yeah connect to the poet yeah i'm starting to see oh that's 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 uh Kilowatt poet, yeah, I heard of him. I know him. I seen the shirts. I seen the stickers. So after all these years, like it's been a slow burn. Now people starting to like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that shirt. I saw you on Instagram, or I saw your sticker here. I saw you doing a performance here. So now it's finally starting to connect. Sometimes that's all it takes, man. Just putting your stuff out there, and then you have that that full circle, that full circle moment. Do your students know that you are a, a, a world-renowned uh, city-to-city, state-to-state, spoken word artist, poet? To break it down to them like that, <laughs> I do kind of, you know, I just tell them I like, I tell them I like music. Right. I like poetry. So I was doing 
like I would rap here and there for the kids. Like, okay, okay. Yeah, I would rap for them. So that kind of the wordplay, that's kind of poetry came to me more like I was a fan of rap. Yeah. So I was not like a poet by uh, origin, I think. I'm more like a rapper. I, if anything, you know, down. I didn't want to be like, take it seriously. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do a demo or nothing like that. But, you know, if you listen to enough rap music, yeah, friends, yeah. you're gonna try to rap. I'm watching rap. City. I had my, I had my book of rhymes, Rap City, yeah. the basement. Yep. <laughs> I want to get in the booth. I'm seeing they yeah. do it too. Yeah. Friday stuff like that, and then you know your teacher will let you kind of uh, write a rap or something for an assignment. Yeah, so, yeah. So I had all of that, and then you go to sports. You know, the locker room when you're on the bus going to the game. Yep. Lunch room beating on the table. Yeah. <laughs> Like rapping, so I kind of think my wordplay and ability to put words together came from just listening to some of my favorite rappers. Like I was a, I was a big fan of the lyrics. Even though I grew up in South Carolina, I was late to the to down south rap. I was like most of us, yeah. More Wu Tang. That yeah, most of us, yeah. Yeah, I was like New York rap. Yeah. And when I finally got into it, like listening to to country rap tunes or and then even i kind of gravitate to the to the southern rappers that was still spitting lyrics even though yeah. i like to enjoy the little john the crunk music but i always will be one of the people that you can pick up on something like i'll hear a bar or i'll hear a lyric and i'll like oh i caught that like a lot of people don't catch the stuff yeah you gotta have an ear for it people that write you understand like yeah yeah double entendre right there yep yeah, the simile right there like i see the the the, 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 the personification and how you were making this seem like something else like i, I appreciated that on my rappers when they did it yeah because uh man that was all of us because um, when you think about it that's all you really saw was up north rap i was telling my wife the other day that wu-tang was my favorite group Sure. And after Outcast came out, that was it. Wu Tang moved to number two. Yeah. And it was just something about Outcast, man. When they came out, they were from the south. It sounded like you, little. Yeah. Yeah. They love Cadillacs. I love Cadillacs, and it was just something about it. And ever since then, but before Outcast, I mean, it was just like up north. You had Wu Tang. You had Jay Z. But that's all we saw. Biggie, this rappers like that in the South really didn't have anybody. And then it was the surgeons, because I mean, you had the hot boys, of course. I rocked with them because they sounded like us. They kinda they kinda looked like us a little bit, you know. Like we were wearing the Willie D's, the white Willie D's and T's, and they was wearing the uh the soldieries, yeah, and the white T's and the accent is kinda like ours. So remember when Master P they came and killed the scene. Yeah, I was No Limit. I was loving No Limit too. I didn't realize P was putting out that many um, albums a year until I saw the little special like he was putting out. And I remember every time you would get like a No Limit CD. Yeah, they would show you all. Show you. Oh. Yeah, and it, it would come out. You know how yeah. like some CDs that have people in the back and they never came out. Never came out. It was a few of them that never came out, but a lot of them did though. I definitely can see the comparison between some people say it's not but i think y'all tripping like rap is a form of poetry yeah take away the music really. if you take away the the music and just look let's say 
I would open up Jay-Z Rhyme or whoever wrote Jay-Z didn't write super, supposedly don't write like that but when Jay-Z was a young rapper yeah sure he had these pieces of paper that's poetry yep you put music to it though so yeah you strip the music from the rap and it's poetry basically exactly some people like there's a difference I mean the, like you said the only difference is, is the music when I first started doing poetry, people were like, yeah, I do poetry. People wasn't actually into poetry like that. Right. Um, there's a few people who are, you know, you got to like, they're starting to get a little more, but at the open mic, it's people who like poetry. Yeah. It's starting to be, all right. Then they kind of had to package it as a party to kind of get more people out there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, oh, I know it's going to be a lot of women out there. It's going to be a party <laughs> afterwards. So I got to sit and listen to the poetry. And now I'm like, oh, I'm open to it. Yeah. And listening to it. Because now when you were in high school, poetry was Shakespeare. And that stuff. Yeah. Was Robert Frost. And yeah, like, yeah. I don't even know what it's about. I, my teacher had to break it down. <laughs> so I vowed that my poem should never be something that you couldn't understand. Now, there might be a deeper meaning. Right. It's something that you can get on the surface. I don't want to have to be up there saying something. And you have no clue what I'm talking about right that's that's important to me too like the poetry that i share i might have some more complex stuff in like my notebooks but i always wanted the poetry i share to be digestible i don't want people to have to run to a thesaurus or dictionary to figure out what i just said those complex pieces are cool but i want to reach people and i want people to feel my words and want people to understand i want people to see something in my poetry that they can relate to and hopefully there's something in there that can help them. Now, if I'm using a whole bunch of words that are complex, trying to be all deep and technical, you may lose some readers. For sure, man. Like going back to the Wu-Tang aspect, we, I really didn't know what Ghostface and Raekwon was talking about all the time. It sounded good because they were flying, <laughs> they were rapping. Yeah. What, like they was talking about, they had their own slang and- Yeah. I, a lot of that stuff went over my head because only built for Cuban links, even though I loved it as a high school kid. Yeah. I didn't understand the whole, like, this is drug dealing. It's a drug dealer album. Like, this is the sound yeah. of a drug dealer. Like, I got it. I understood it. I was just listening to the music. The music right. Was cool. The undertone, I didn't quite get. Yeah. Older. So they were talking stuff that I didn't quite understand, but it was it sounded good. That's why you put the nice beats to it. You forget about the lyrics, put a nice beat to it. And it was their flow and like the style. It was just something I never heard. Right. But there was a few people in there like, oh, now I listen to it. I was still catching the the wordplay and stuff. Yeah. Some of the stuff that they were talking about, it went over our heads. It's like when we were young. Yeah, we shouldn't have been listening to it anyway, probably. Yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) we showed we were watching and that as a kid, we... We were just laughing. Yeah. Like, it was stuff that we didn't understand at all. Yeah. I was, I can't remember what it was, but I know coming to America for sure, it was some of the jokes that I, like you said, I laughed at. But when I got older, I really understood what the jokes were about. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess when you do anything, man, you have to kind of understand your your audience and kind of gauge it towards that. I mean, it could be some things that you make simple, but it'll still maybe go over some people's heads so which is cool that's the that's the complicated part yeah 
do you realize like i was looking at because when you do like a, when you turn your page to like a creator page or whatever yeah you can get the demographics yeah I realize that my page is mostly like women of course you realize that like i guess a lot of men aren't into poetry unless you write poetry like the average man is not really all about poetry like they like it per se but right at the open mic spots most guys are at the poetry you know because you know it's a nice date night or you write poetry right that's true or you know a poet and he told you hey come out man check me out well man i appreciate you coming on before i let you get out of here let the people know how they can contact you where they can purchase your book uh your merch all of that so i got a website that i need to definitely put more put more updates to but that's kind of a central location uh pastorlight.com okay p-a-s-s-d-a-l-i-g-h-t so pastorlight.com i'm on instagram a lot that's kind of my favorite app right now at kilowatt poet facebook i got a, a fan page mr enlightenment and then i kind of changed my creator you know my home my my personal page became my creator page now so when reels and all of that so oh yeah 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 so facebook's facebook's pretty good but instagram is probably my my most spent time so kilowatt poet merch you know just check out the page and i'm doing a lot of hustling out the dms right now okay graduate to to my own like online store that's a process that i've been dragging my feet with but i've been pretty successful just you know i post a lot of promo pics like what i've been doing i was able to get people to offer a i usually do a little bit of asking like i don't want to be over persistent but when you do buy some merch from me i was like hey i appreciate you taking the picture with it yeah of course i do a lot of posting when they take they take the pictures i do a lot of posting that gets a little bit of attention people say they like it if you like the status or something or like the picture i usually follow up like hey i got some merch would you like it or they might ask me then I've been shipping it all myself, kind of like doing everything. Kind of a one-man show right now. So, oh yeah, yeah, the book, Flicker Poetry, is on Amazon.com. And I also, actually, I bought some copies myself. Okay. If you, if you are in my social network, you can get the book straight from me. I'll ship it to you. But I did use Amazon, so, right. so you know, people across the world, if they come across my page, they got access to buy it from there, too. God, yeah, I gotta get me a copy. I didn't even know you you had a book, yeah, man. man. Like, Appreciate you for coming, hanging out on the show. And to all my listeners, remember, keep pushing forward. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brown Sugar Cafe podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Terrence B. Elmore, and this is the place where poetry meets conversation. Hit that follow button and turn on your notifications so you won't miss an episode. Check out my blog, thebrownsugarcafe.blog. Also connect with me on Instagram at thebrownsugarcafe. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, remember, keep pushing forward.